Welcome to the Monetary Mixtape with Will Hoffman, founder of Hoffman Wealth Management. In this podcast, we help fellow Gen Xers simplify complex wealth issues that are important to Gen X. We do this by cutting out the mundane material and using a refreshing approach to finances in a way this skipped generation appreciates. Join us for this ride where we explore financial planning and wealth management as Will Hoffman draws from almost 20 years of experience and brings to you qualified guests to help be your latchkey to tricky monetary affairs. Welcome to Monetary Mixtape with your host, Will Hoffman, where we talk about the ever-forgotten Generation X. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hey there, Will. How are you today? I'm great, Wendy. Thanks for asking. How are you? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Uh, we are going to talk a little bit about retirement planning and doing it the Gen X way. Yes. So we had Kay Kirkman on last to talk about you know finding our our bliss with our ideal careers and perfect jobs for our uh, Gen Xers. And what usually goes along with that career transition is what in the world do I do with my retirement plan? Um, you know, the oldest Gen Xers are right in that sweet spot where they're thinking about and starting to plan for retirement. And if they're going to be spending their final working years in their dream job or in a different job, um, it's important that we know what options we have when it comes to our 401ks um, or 403bs or 457s or, you know, whatever plans. Are we just uh, throwing out employer? numbers now? 642, <laughs> $899. It's not like Peyton Manning, right? Omaha. No. Uh... <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so, and to answer your question, it sounds like we're just tossing out a, a lot of numbers, but we are going to talk about before we get into the options that we have, a little bit of the history of the 401k. I'm kind of a history enthusiast. I like to read history, watch history, learn about history. Wanted to maybe update us a little bit about how 401ks have evolved, why they were introduced, and what options they have given us as really the first generation to solely fund our own retirements when it comes to using these retirement plans. And I know Baby boomers have used them a lot, but the earlier retirees of baby boomers still had a lot of pensions available to them. Right. It hasn't been the case uh, with our generation. Now, when it comes to the history of the 401k, like all things in this world that are great, they were created in 1978. I think I just rhymed there. It was kind of like a- Oh, no. Oh. Okay. Let's- oh. <laughs> So- Will, was that the year you were born? Just so happens to be the year that I was born. <laughs> it was 1978. And if you go back a couple episodes, we talked to Riskalyze, created by somebody also born in 1978, Aaron Klein. One of my favorite researchers um, and analysts and economists in this business, um, who we're going to hope to have on soon, also born in 1978. Okay. So I, I think that there's a theme here. Um, I don't know how many times it takes it to be a trend or a theme, but like all things great in the uh, financial profession, let's say they were created in 1978. Should we look for a different co-host for you that no, was no, born no, no, in no. 1978? Because I, I wasn't. 
I think that your insight is invaluable. I wasn't trying to fish for compliments. <laughs> you know, I'm, a, I'm a tad older than you, but I'm but, still Generation X. <laughs> but it's important because of your nickname, Latchkey Wendy. Is, is, is it's where are we going to find another one? <laughs> <laughs> I am one of a kind, Will, for sure. That's right. So, so 1974, the uh, Employment Retirement Income Security Act, or ERISA, was created, started the whole process of analyzing retirement plans. And in 19, the Revenue Act of 1978 was when the modern 401k really originated said that employees can choose to receive a portion of income as deferred compensation and then started to create the tax structure structures around it so 401k gave birth to the IRA the Roth IRA 403b um, and so section 401 was it was originally intended by lawmakers to limit companies creating tax advantage profit sharing plans that mostly benefited the executives or high income earners um and you know, because of that interpretation, the section of that section, the um, the four hundred one k was created and became the evolved into the basis of the modern four hundred one k. See, I thought um, that it was just created because we all knew that we were doomed if we were to depend on Social Security <laughs> and pensions did go away. Right. So well, there and this had was, to be something else. Th this was the transition away from the pensions and from the company responsibility and into our own hands. Um, yeah. What you know, we can all talk about and and surmise what the um, cultural evolution was there with us transitioning jobs more frequently now average Gen Xer is going to have 12 jobs um, in their career. So this has created the opportunity for us to not just wait for our turn to be promoted, but to go out and seek our own opportunity for, for promotion and through advancement and not be um, stuck with the golden handcuffs of a pension or uh, you know just not wanting to give up on that pension. So mm -hmm. it, it allowed corporations to attract different and better talent a lot more readily as well. And there was, you know, some clarification in 1981 that led to the overall um, establishment of the 401k plan. Um, in the late 70s, the uh, the Hughes Aircraft Company was really one of the first ones to use a 401k with its employees, and it wasn't until 81 when the IRS issued some regulations ensuring employers that they could defer a portion of payroll to 401k accounts. And then big companies like Hughes Airport or Hughes Aircrafts, JCPenney, Johnson & Johnson, PepsiCo, companies uh, of the like started offering plans to workers. By the end of 1982, nearly half of all large employers in the U.S. were offering 401k plans to its workers. So, so they jumped on board very quickly. Yes, they, they saw the light. They saw the... Um, the, the way to shift the liability from themselves managing the pension to to us. What it did create was a lot of interest in the market. It created a lot of interest in how these funds were managed, what, what options were available inside of a 401k plan, how the company matched our contributions. You know, we all became essentially our own advisors. We all became our own Bud Fox. Which is a great segue into our pop culture conversation. Who's Bud um, Fox? Who's Bud Fox? Oh, boy. 
Bud Fox, played by Charlie Sheen in the Oliver Stone classic, Wall Street. Signature movie, ironically, in the, in, released in 1987, which also had Black Monday in October of 1987, which was a pretty nasty day on Wall Street. But um, started asking us all the question, is greed good? <laughs> you know, Michael Douglas's famous discussion with the board of the, the company he was trying to invade, you know, and ultimately Michael Douglas and Charlie Sheen getting a lot of trouble for some insider trading, um, all of the drama and, and things that go along with that. And then was followed up after the last financial crisis in 2008 with uh, the sequel to Wall Street, uh, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. Mm-hmm. And Michael Douglas reemerges. Still trying to answer the question, is greed good? But in my opinion, one of my favorite movies about investing, about the, you know, the stock market and the, uh, you know, the ups and downs and and the uh, crisis that, that can occur. Really a, a legendary Gen X movie, a legendary um, imitation of Wall Street. Now, I've spent 20 years in this profession. It's not really like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think greed is ever good. Uh, so to just put myself on the record right now is maybe disagreeing with Michael Douglas a little oh, bit. No. It's great to be ambitious. It's great to want to achieve and earn and accumulate greed. Maybe that's an, uh, you know not so much. But um, in my 20 years, fortunately, never encountered somebody like uh, Michael Douglas or what they had going on. Yeah. Um, quite frankly, some of the best people I know are in this business. So uh, I would uh, feel pretty confident in putting my flag in the ground and saying that uh, Wall Street is not the norm when it comes to uh, the behavior of uh, what what we've experienced in the 20 years that I've been in this business. Well, hopefully maybe on one of these rainy weekends in the spring, I'll take some time to to catch up on that movie because that is one that I have not seen. So I I know it's a good one disappoint you greatly <laughs> that's okay <laughs> so um back to 401ks what we do know about about 401k plans they hold about 6.3 trillion dollars in assets and that's as of as of uh september of 2022 and about 60 million active participants and millions of former employees and retirees are still using 401ks so they are a robust retirement planning vehicle that has that has a big impact on our retirement. And, and before we get into what options you have with your 401k, just a, a bit of a description. So a 401k is a plan that you can contribute to and that your employer can match. Now, similar to a traditional IRA, um, a 403b, most other retirement plans that we can contribute to, um, this money goes in and is pre-tax. Our employer match is pre-tax with the anticipation that it will be taxable when we take money out of the plan. The money, when this these programs were designed, they were designed for uh, the money to stay in there until we turn 59 and a half, um, at which point we lose a 10% premature distribution penalty. So from 59 and a half on, this is money that we can use that's taxable that will help us fund our retirement. Now, there have been um, some evolutions of the 401k, like everything else. 
There are now Roth 401ks that are not taxable when the money comes out, but tax when the money goes in um, and Roth IRAs. So uh, everything we're going to talk about when it comes to the options applies to both a traditional IRA, or traditional 401k or a Roth 401k and what options that, that you do have when you are changing companies or ascending through your career. So when you are trying to decide, um, do you think that there should be a preference between a traditional 401 and a Roth? Um, what becomes very important is to understand where your income is going to come from when you retire. Um, I do think there's value in both. I do think it is a tough decision because we're very tax conscious in the moment and in the year that we're in. So oftentimes the traditional 401k is chosen because we would like to see that tax deduction right now. We'll deal with the tax implications later. Right now, I want that tax deduction. Another way to look at it is I don't want a tax complication in the future. Right. So I'll deal with the Roth program now, pay the taxes now and have this money tax-free for uh, for the rest of my life. Um, it's important to have a plan. It's important to work with a financial advisor to decide ultimately which plan fits you and your family's retirement goals, you and your family's estate goals. And you know, we did a large part on education, saving, and funding. You know, Gen X had children later in life. These four hundred one k plans very well may creep into education pro, uh, funding plans as well. So. It's very, very important to work with an advisor, work with a planner that will help you make a decision on which plan makes sense and review that plan often. We could have done a plan five years ago that said the traditional 401k was more suitable. And now it's emerging that the Roth is a better option or vice versa. So it's something that that's important to, to make sure you're getting that um, that insight on when, whenever you're making a decision I understand. on whether to use the traditional or, or the 401 or the traditional formal care of the Roth. Excuse me. Right. Um, so I, I, when I left my last job, I had been okay. contributing into a 401k. Okay. And thus far I have just left it there. Okay. So is that so, the right thing or the wrong thing? Well, it, it is one of the, the big four options that, that you do have. One of the options, and the first one we'll talk about, is to leave it where it is. Upside is, you know, where it is. There's no paperwork. There's no transition. There's nothing for you to do. I don't have you, to do nothing. Right. You can maintain your login and still see your account. You can still make any transactions that you want to make in the account. The downside or negative to that is um, some employers, and this is all very plan specific, and this is you're going to hear that a bunch through this description because every retirement plan is so vastly different from company to company. Some employers may increase the fees um, if you're not an active employee anymore. Um, some employers perhaps won't let you leave it in. Sometimes they have a minimum. If you have below a certain dollar amount, they aren't going to let you leave the money in the plan. So that that is some things to consider. Monitoring it when you're not contributing, it becomes very, very important. Understanding the investment options inside the plan, you know, you don't really get a say anymore. So, if there's going to be a change, you're at the mercy of whatever changes the company makes. Okay, but it is an option. No taxable event whenever you leave the money there. 
but making sure you're staying up on the correspondence and up with the investment options does become a, a big priority. The second option that you have is to take the plan to your new job. If your new employer offers a retirement plan, you can roll the money into the new retirement plan. Um, most employers will accept rollovers from previous plans. Again, there's a process and procedure that each plan would have that's unique from one another that will um, allow that money to be rolled into and accepted by the new plan. The upside is, again, one login, you know where your money is, it's easy to monitor. Another upside is you can typically, and again, I can't stress this enough, every plan is different, but you can typically borrow against your 401k up into certain limits. That is a nice resource to have in the event of an emergency. Um, it is a nice resource to have um, if there's an opportunity that arises that you weren't expecting. There are interest payments that need to be made, and it, it's far from an ideal situation when it comes to um, saving and, and how to use your money and how to budget, but it is an alternative that, that does exist that may not exist if you leave your money at your previous employer, like we talked about in the first option, and does not exist if you do the third option that we're going to discuss here in a second. But taking it to your new job does, um, or is an option, allows you to monitor your new job may have some better or some more enticing investment options than the previous employer. Um, one thing about 401ks is we're, you're kind of limited to the 401k investment options that exist. So you can't invest in anything that you like inside of a 401k, which is why some folks will consider the third option, which is rolling it into an IRA. Um, it, IRA, traditional IRA or Roth IRA, depending on which plan you're using, it, or they're built to be able to accept distributions from retirement plans and not have a taxable event. I want to go back to a second to the second step. You can roll the money from your previous employer to a new employer plan. It is not a taxable event. Money stays in a retirement plan, does not get taxed on the transition. The same thing goes with a rollover. But in my experience, you want to do what's called a direct rollover. A direct rollover means your 401k is sending the money to the new IRA directly. Okay. Now that can be done in a couple of ways. In our experience, they've either sent the money directly to your account or they've sent the money to you in a check made out to the new account. Okay. It's important to understand that because if the check is made out to you, Hey, sorry for the interruption. I know you're listening to the Monetary Mixtape because you want to learn about financial planning and wealth management. If you have any questions at the end, please head over to www.hoffmanwealth.com or look in the show notes to schedule a call with us. Typically, the 401k has to withhold the taxes and it is up to you to make up the taxes that are withheld when you put it in a new plan. Otherwise, it's going to be considered. Otherwise, it, it is considered it's a withdrawal and it's taxable. It's taxable. And if you're below the age of 59 and a half, it is also penalized. Which is 10%, correct? Of correct. The yeah. Plus whatever tax bracket you're in. So right. in addition to that, and and I know folks are are tuning in from all over the place. You also want to check your state and local taxes when it comes to uh, 401k uh, or direct indirect rollovers or distributions, because 
Every state teaches um, treats that different. Even in retirement, each state treats income from a from an IRA uh, or a 401k differently. So you want to make sure you understand the tax laws in the state that you live in when you're doing these doing these transactions. What do you feel about when maybe taking the money out of your 401 401k and rolling it into a Roth? Um, Can you just have the taxes excluded? And then put the month, the rest in a Roth, or do you? So have that to- is that is um, that is a Roth conversion, and that is probably going to be a whole nother episode. Okay, um, all right, sorry. There's there's a lot of nuances there. It's a great question. It is a a topic that we are working with our clients every day on. There are just a lot of things to consider, and and it's something that is is open stay tuned for more if you're a uh, <laughs> if if you're a, a regular listener of the monetary mixtape the roth conversion conversation if you do have questions please feel free to reach out to us because it's something that there's a lot more understanding than what we're going over right now and a lot more nuanced things when it comes to taxes and withholding and and what happens there i got you so um but, it it depends it Just depends like everything right. else right <laughs> Gotcha. It depends, right? So the the rollover to a 401k, we encourage everybody to do what's called a direct rollover. An indirect rollover is an option. Just requires a lot of documentation um, and a lot of of uh, paperwork that you want to make sure that is correct. Now, even the direct rollover does result in some paperwork. That is much easier to do. The documentation comes and you just kind of turn it over to your accountant and it just verifies that a non-taxable event occurred. Upside to rolling it into an IRA, um, you don't have the entire investment world in front of you. You can invest in you know whatever allocation makes sense for you, whether you're aggressive or conservative or moderate, whatever allocation makes sense. You're not limited to whatever options are chosen for you inside of your 401k. The downside is this is typically... Um, or can be a more expensive approach because of the fees, whether it's the fees that investment options charge, whether it's the fees that firms or advisors charge, this can be a bit more of an expensive option. Upside is it does come with the added benefit of professional advice, professional monitoring that some folks don't feel comfortable doing on their own. So, and you can change things around. At correct. Yes. Than- you right. can change things around better with with traditionally more options in a a traditional Roth IRA. Okay. Um, and the fourth option, which again, depending on your plan, the fourth option that you do have is cashing out the plan, receiving your cash in a in a check, and the proceeds are sent to you, and now you're free to do with them what you want. You are subject to any taxes or penalties that are going to be imposed, again, any state or local taxes in addition to the whatever federal tax bracket, if you're below the age of 59 and a half, you're also assessed that 10% premature distribution penalty. Um, so it is. Um, it can be a, a very costly move. That's why it's important to pay attention to your mail. If you've left the company and they're forcing you to roll the money over or make a decision because you're below a certain account minimum. It is cashing the plan out. Again, it can put you behind on your retirement goals. It can really be an, a, an expensive tax maneuver. Um, however, 
things come up, emergencies arise. So th there may be a need to, to cash the plan up and understanding the taxable impact is important. I've been told to never do that at any, at any cost. But as you said, sometimes it's- Sometimes it's necessary. necessary. Yes. And um, if I've learned one thing in 20 years, the word never <laughs> is one we stay away from. Yes. <laughs> and so I'm sure, I, I know there are some, some scenarios and situations where it is necessary and does make sense. What I can't stress enough is having a plan to whatever approach you are taking, May, seeing how this incorporates in your financial plan. And we've heard it time and time again, whether it's from Tina, the, the FAFSA guru, when it came time to you know applying for student aid, and Jack, when it came time to searching for schools, having a plan and executing against that plan becomes very, very important. How this fits in should be the top priority before making any decision. My dad always used to say, plan your work, work your plan. This is no different than, than that. Well, and the biggest problem I think is that people um, face, at least this is what I've been led to believe is you're going to miss out on all that compounding interest. Right. Um, like for example, I worked for a corporation when I was very young, all through school. And I had a pension when I got done, it was okay. And I decided, cause I would think I was 27. I cashed it out. Shopping I ended spree. up getting <laughs> $1,700. Now, if I would have kept that money somewhere else from right. the time I was 27 and I do kick myself constantly, <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you know, you just don't care when you're young. Right. And, and now we're hitting that, that, that phase where retirement's on the horizon. You know, especially for Gen X, it's it's there. We can see it. I know we, that we can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> Every morning when we get out of bed. <laughs> I know we have things in front of us that we want to do, places we want to see, experiences we want to have, pickleball games we want to play. <laughs> the uh, Right, Wendy? Wendy's right. our, hey, our pickleball aficionado. I love me some pee ball, <laughs> <laughs> but we're that we're getting there, and the the plan, um, the you know having a plan in place. Uh, I'm starting to repeat myself at nauseum right now, but it becomes very very important to make sure that we're executing against what is going to have us hit our goals. Mm. Now, if some of this stuff is is confusing, it, and I know that it is, especially if we haven't worked with somebody, you know, please one, all this content is, is available in a white paper, a fancy word for an article that you can download that has all these options and what the positives and negatives, pros and cons are of each. One thing to understand is that typically with these plans, the mistakes are very, very difficult to correct. That is why understanding all of your options is important. That is why understanding um, how this fits into your scenario becomes very, very important because these plans or these any mistakes are very, very difficult to make a correction to. And since these plans make up so much of our generation's retirement, it's very critical that 
um, that we're taking a, a, a approach where we know everything before we make a decision. And to wrap up, I wanted to point out too, I think it's very important what you said about watching for the mail. I'm probably in a position where, you know, depending on the market, I might get below a minimum. And if I'm not paying attention, they could be informing me that they're going to disperse a check to me. And if I don't realize that there's no going back at that point, right? The taxes will be taken out. A penalty will be taken out. And I'll be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't want this to happen, but then it'll be too late. Right? Correct. And I want to make sure we touch on something here because it's going to lead into some of our, our future episodes as well. If you don't receive paper documents from older 401k plans, make sure that somebody knows where to find your logins. If the unthinkable were to occur, your beneficiaries are going to need to know how to access these plans. And what we've experienced in our business, what I've experienced in the last 20 years is that unfortunately they can be kind of unforgiving and having access to that information becomes very important, understanding who the beneficiaries are. And that is kind of regardless of which option you select to move forward with making sure that access to the information for the people that you love and care about becomes very, very important. We're going to have, I, I know we're already planning some future episodes when it comes to, you know, unfortunately dealing with some of those circumstances, but make sure that the folks that are receive this money, if you can't make decisions for yourself or, um, or you're not here anymore, they know how to access them so that your wishes can be followed through on. Very good point. Will. um, the, the white paper is going to be in the show notes, it's um, it's right there. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us. Um, I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. Always willing to to answer any questions there. You can always reach us through our website, hoffmanwealth.com. Um, my email address, office phone number is in the show notes. If you have any questions, if you're going through any of these things, please feel free to reach out. You know, there's no no charge to ask any questions, no charge for any consultation. So, you know, don't let these things go unsettled or, or unanswered or unasked. Um, as we are zeroing in on on some more pickleball and some more uh, travel. Yes. Well, thank you for joining us today on Monetary Mixtape. Please like, follow, and share with your friends and family. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Don't bounce just yet. The streetlights haven't come on. Thank you for listening to the Monetary Mixtape Podcast. If you thought this episode was dope, then click the follow button to be notified when we drop a new episode. Visit our website at hoffmanwealth.com or give us a call at 724-522-5411. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Hoffman Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Private Advisor Group, a registered investment advisor. 
Private Advisor Group and Hoffman Wealth Management are separate entities from LPL Financial. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly.